Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clark and Company. And we are blasting away. It's Broncos Blast. He's Mark Knutson. I'm Michael Clark. We're with you till 10 on Clark and Company. And we're talking Broncos. Broncos win. But did that win, <laughs> that first win over the Jets, provide hope or evidence of how far down this team is? We ask Ian St. Clair that question next. You can follow him at Ian St. Clair. Read him at Mile High Report, his horse tracks column uh, on the morning of every game. And listen to him on Mile High Report radio podcast. He's also the lead writer at at playcolorado.com and uh, it's all brought to you once again by Framed Art. Keep calm. Frame on. Brian Hart. Framed Art. How about hero plaques? Brian will make them up. There's so many heroes during this incredible time in in our nation's history and in our lifetime. Great gift to honor somebody who's done something exceptional. Take the time to do that. Uh, You can also get great... uh, uh, personal memorabilia, sports memorabilia, museum quality fine art. Go to the award-winning framer for all of Metro Denver. Framed art, 3065 South Broadway. And uh, good morning. Which is it, Ian? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I mean, I, I think uh, when Adam and I talked about the game on our post-game recap on Thursday, we can see glimpses of what this offense is, is capable of, especially with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, and even Melvin Gordon to that extent. And then you think about they're without Cortland Sutton because he tore up his knee. 
So you get you can get glimmers of a bright offensive future for this team with with those pieces in place. But at the same point, you realize that they are playing the horrible New York Jets. So it's it, it, it's kind of a. <laughs> A yin and yang of well, you want to you want to see glimmers of hope, but then you come back and realize, yeah, but they were playing the Jets. Hey guys, um, I, I see this more than you do because I'm a high school coach, but. Um, Junior varsity sports are, are, can sometimes be entertaining, right? They, you can have a game, and we saw, that's what we saw the other night. We saw a junior varsity game, right? We saw two JV teams playing, and it was up and down the field, and there was crazy stuff like a quarterback running 50 yards for a touchdown, and three interceptions, and that team still wins, and what, a, a million roughing the passer penalties or whatever. It, it was a sloppy, it was a JV game. Um, that being said, you can still take things out of that to help you build for the future, because let's be honest, I still think the Broncos have a shot at going 8-8. Eight and eight. I do. Just, I mean, I'm crazy. People think we won three games, but um, this is the NFL. Crazy stuff happens. Uh, but, but it's still about next year, really, isn't it? It's still about developing. It's still about getting Drew Locke back maybe this week, this coming week. And and maybe you found, I tweeted out, you found your your backup quarterback, future head coach of the future in Brett Rippon, right? Your, your next Gary Kubiak. But there, there's a lot, Ian, there's a lot they can gain from this, even if it's not about making the playoffs this year, right? There's a lot of good things they can look at and, as building blocks. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it's it's all about Drew Locke to me. It's all about getting him back on the field. And Vic Fangio said on Friday that it's 50-50 at this point, which is higher than I thought it would be because I, I thought he would be at least out a couple of weeks. So the fact that he has this mini buy now and he can get back on the field and hopefully start throwing the regular football again and get, that, get his shoulder into shape, I'd be shocked if he plays on Sunday. I think it'll probably be the week after that that we'll see Drew Locke yeah. on the field. But it's all about development, Drew Locke. It's it, it, regardless if they make the playoffs, and I and I and I still tend to agree with you that they can get to eight wins. I think the the whole key to all of this is getting Drew Locke back on the field because I think. It, it, it is about 2021. It's about mm-hmm. finding out what they have in terms of depth, and they're gonna—they obviously, good or bad, they're gonna get that tested with all yeah. the injuries that they have. Exactly. But they could potentially be getting guys back. So, whether AJ Boye plays against the Patriots next Sunday or he's a week after that, that'd be huge to get your number one cornerback back. Philip Lindsay was on the verge of playing against the Jets. But as for this game, it, it goes back to that old adage of anytime you get two bad teams together, you get a good game. And that was what yeah. we saw on right. yep. Thursday night. Um, yep. So I, we'll see what they do from here. I, I think the, the big thing is that they were finally able to get that winning feeling again. So now they can go into this winning by not having to think about starting 0-4 for the second straight season. And they can focus on the things that they did well, but also the things that they can do better. And, and as for Brett Rippon, I'm, I'm holding out on saying that he's going to be the backup quarterback because this has flashes of Brandon Allen against the Cleveland Browns last year. So let's mm-hmm. see if he does play against the Patriots. Let's see what he's able to do against the Bill Belichick coach defense. So I, it is he has his flashes. I, I, I like his moxie that he was able to come back from those horrible interceptions that he threw and make that key that key dime that he threw to Tim Patrick and then leading give you an idea of how the game went. He was the lead blocker for Melvin Gordon's game ceiling touchdown. <laughs> so um there there is definitely some things to take away from this and, and even for this season for that matter. 
Drew Locke may uh, may be glad if he isn't the starter against the Patriots. A lot of people think the Patriots are going to do very, very well against the Chiefs. I am not one of those. I think the Patriots will be in a bad mood when they when, when the Broncos uh, get together with them. And uh, you know, it, it might be it might behoove Drew Locke not to play in in, in that game. I think that uh, they are going to get beat by the Chiefs by more than a touchdown. But we'll see. I had the same thought Mark Kisler had uh, about Brett Rippon wrote about. I had the same thought at the same time watching the game that uh, the Broncos have found their Gary Kubiak, a, yes. a, a really competent backup quarterback, and that's <clears throat> and that's not easy to find. And I, I, I can see that, but I also, like I said, I, I see flashes of Brandon Allen against the Cleveland Browns because the way Brandon Allen played against the Browns last season – we were saying the same things about how well they may have found their their competent backup quarterback. <laughs> Let's see what he's able to do against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and if he if he does play more than that, I don't think he will. Let's see if he's able to do it. What he does on the road again against a, a guy who knows how to coach defense, and that's definitely Bill Belichick. But I, like I said, I like the way that he was able to respond from those horrible interceptions. He made some great throws. Uh, the fact that he's able to process information. And we saw, I think, with Drew Locke and Brett Rippon that the sacks that Jeff Driscoll took weren't on the offensive line. They were on Jeff Driscoll for holding the ball too long. I think that's the other development that we're seeing here. We're not talking about Garrett Bowles in a negative light. Garrett Bowles has played incredibly well the first four games of this season. And if he's able to continue that, they have found – their franchise left tackle. Now it depends on whether or not he sticks around because they didn't put the fifth-year option on him. So that's going to be an interesting development in the offseason. But I I do think the way that that Garrett Bowles has played especially has been another huge positive for this team. Well, uh, I, I great minds think alike, Michael. You, I said this. I tweeted out the same thing you guys did. They found their future backup quarterback, future head coach of the year of the future in Brett Ribbon. He's a coach's kid, right? He's he's grew up around football. He's he's going to be a football coach. He's he's a, he's a Detmer. He's one of those guys. He's going to play. I don't know how long he plays in the league, but he's going to be one of those guys. And and those guys that I think is what separates him from the Brandon Allens of the world. But nonetheless, he's not the answer starting wise. Those some of those interceptions weren't just bad decisions. They showed. A, te- a lack of arm strength too that he didn't have the, the gun to, to beat the defense to put the ball through a hole he did on a couple occasions but for the most part he just doesn't quite have that that extra gear uh, with his arm that that great guy great quarterbacks have um, I do not share your optimism about the offensive line I, I you know if Melvin Gordon doesn't bust that long run for a touchdown at the end he's he's held to about 60 yards rushing and uh, you know th- they're just not good they're, I mean maybe they'll get Cushenberry will get better now, obviously he's played he played a little better this week but and both Bowles, okay, I know he's played really, you guys say he's played really well. It's hard for me to judge that watching a game on TV, but um, they just looked at the quarterbacks are under duress a lot. And yes, getting rid of the ball quicker and having feet and getting out of their pocket helps the offensive line, but I don't put all those all those uh, sacks on Driscoll. He, he had something in his face every minute of every game he, uh, that he played in. They still got to address that in the, in, in the draft or whatever. They got to get better in the offensive line. They just got to. Obviously, Wilkins, Wilkinson's injury hurts, but both both lines. It, you know, Fangio doesn't like the blitz, and they don't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback without blitzing. So they got both line, both sides of the ball in the line of scrimmage. They have to get a lot better. That's just uh, I, my observation. 
and I think with with the Broncos defense, it's I mean the, they're they're now running without their top edge rusher and their top defensive yep, tackle. Sure. So I think that that that's a big part of it. I mean it's not it's yep. not an excuse, but I I do think we're seeing flashes of Bradley Chubb getting back, maybe not to what he was before the ACL injury, but he's starting to get that confidence back. And I think that's why those sacks on Sam Darnold were so big for him on Thursday night. It's going to give yep. him the confidence and, and the mental just to get back mentally that he's, he could be back physically, but he was still wondering, is it still there? And now he's able to, to really feel like that he's, he can be back to the way that he was before the ACL injury. So I think that's big for this defense. But I, I, I definitely agree with you as a whole on the offensive line. The interior of the line has not been as as good as I thought it would be. I think we're seeing some struggles from Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow yep. has been called for a couple of holding penalties. I was pleasantly surprised about DeMar Dotson being that he's the third right tackle that this team has had now, if you can include Juwan James opting out because of COVID. It, so that's going to be something that they definitely have to address. But that's also go, that also goes back to the continued development of Drew Locke and getting him back on the field so that he can work with Lloyd Cushenberry. Because that, to me, that's so important is to have that rapport between a center and a quarterback. And the fact that they're both so young, it'll be good to get them used to each other and Drew Locke used to this offensive line. So that's another reason that I, I'd like to see Drew Locke get back on the field sooner than later. You know, I, I've, uh, I'm glad you guys talk about the offensive line. That was next on my list, too. Uh, Cushenberry, I mentioned all along, was the most important rookie. He's the center. He's got to call the signals. And they weren't helping him in pass protection. Seemed like they did a little better job, you know, because obviously he's got his head down. He's, he's got to get up. Um, they were taking – teams were taking advantage of him. Seemed like they were doing a little better job with that. Uh, disappointed in Glasgow, I thought he would, uh, he would be able to do more. Uh, and and I don't know if you if you share that Ian. It sounds like it sounds like you do. As far as the uh, pass rush, they did run, they did rush five a number of times and finally did get some pass rush on a defensive line. And yes, it, it is a big loss that Darrell Casey uh, is not there. Shelby Harris is having a great year, uh, sort of all by himself there. But uh, last comment there before we have to run about the offensive line Ian and Glasgow. I. I, I... I would like to see him better, but I, I also think that's where a, a competent quarterback can help, and I, I get it, that the offensive line still has to do its job. And it is still the fourth game of the season. So now that he's gotten the first four games in the Denver Broncos uniform out of the way, let's see if he's able to, to start to make the progressions to get to where the Broncos would expect, and I think that he would expect. And that goes for the offensive line as a whole, too. I, I think we're starting to see the team potentially what it could be, but it, it's so hard to tell when you're going against such a bad team like the Jets. And I think we'll get a, a really good indication of what this team is going to be capable of again next Sunday against the New England Patriots. Well, he is Ian St. Clair, and we will read him for the next 10 days or so leading up until uh, for the next week or so <laughs> leading up to the uh, New England game uh, at uh, Mile High Report. You can listen to him at Mile High Report Radio Podcast and read him at PlayColorado.com. Ian, thank you so much. We'll be back before the New England game to talk to you next Saturday. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ian.
All right. Finish on a positive note. Uh, teams have been picking on uh, on uh, Ojemudie uh, and Jewel yep. with the passing game. Both of them did a little better last week, so we don't want to be too negative, even though it was the Jets. And boy, uh, have I been harping on how bad Adam Case is way before it became yep. the national cry. So, uh, uh, pay, uh, Peyton Manning, coming up next. Does, does, does he still have a job? Is that an Wow. Yeah, they may they may uh, want to ride the season out with him. It's incredible. Hey, wow. Mark Knutson, you and I, and especially you, will talk to Kelly Lyle of the Colorado next. Uh, not much information is escaping from lockdown CSU. Is uh, Fort Collins now behind the Iron Curtain? The athletic program is under investigation. Has <laughs> uh, Warren Jackson opted back in? Do we know any of these things? We'll look at all of that with Kelly Lyle and talk about our first look at the Rams football schedule which starts October 24th right after this.